Welcome to the Classic Holdup Podcast, where we analyze media from the past. Each episode features a different host that brings a fresh take on a film, TV show, video game, or music album of their choice. What can we discover? Do old favorites have a shelf life? Will the classics hold up? Welcome, my name is Alondra, and I'm hosting this episode of The Classic Holdup. I'm from Detroit, and I'm a junior majoring in digital storytelling with a concentration in audio and minoring in graphic design. So I'm happy to have you here with me on The Classic Holdup, and let's get into it. Today we'll be talking about the album The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill is a 16-track album made by the artist Miss Lauren Hill, And I think a few words to describe this would be self-realization, rebellion, heartbreak, but overall, love. The album was released on August 25th, 1998. When it came out, it was a sensation. It debuted number one on the Billboard 200, sold more than 422,000 sales in the first week. It was nominated for 10 Grammys and won five, including Album of the Year, Best R&B Album, and Best New Album. The album was certified platinum in 2001, And then it was certified Diamond in 2021. Miss Lauren Hill was very particular with her project in all aspects, from the music, artwork, styling, and makeup itself. With popular tracks like X Factor, Doo Wop, Nothing Even Matters, Everything Is Everything, and Can't Take My Eyes Off You, Lauren Hill's music was able to speak to people in a way that hip-hop at the time wasn't doing. Back then, 90s music was not really addressing vulnerability at the time and basically all the issues that were not glamorous. But Lauren Hill made that something that everyone could understand through her music and relate to in, in some way. And she really knew how to speak to the people at the time, which was huge. Thinking back to my own personal experience with the album, I grew up with relatives who listened to the album all the time, specifically my aunts. My aunts would play doo-wop a lot. I believe Lost Ones and Everything is Everything. I remember listening to it growing up and thinking that this music is saying a lot of words that I didn't really understand as a child. So I remember thinking like my aunts are listening to this hip hop music with big words. They must like some deep music at the time because I wasn't really interested or understanding it. It was only until later when I realized it's one of those pieces of music that it brought me nostalgia because I heard it and I didn't really know the significance of it until I got older. Once I started having more experiences related to her music, I think that's when I started to really get into it more. I was like, you know, this is old music, but like, why am I feeling her, not just her words so heavily, but it's flowing with the music so well. And being interested in the issues that she was talking about more and just thinking that it was so unique because none of the music that I heard around me at the time, whether it was on the radio or at school or just like my friends, they weren't listening to anything considered complicated or deep. Those weren't really topics of interest (laughs) for people when I was in middle school, even high school. I feel like what she did with this album was be as authentic as she could be with her sound and that inspired me to be more comfortable with myself, to speak my mind, to be vulnerable and talk about love with others. So that speaks a lot to her artistry and the way that it reaches people. And yeah, the 90s are kind of having a comeback, so I think this is a perfect time to talk about and review one of the Decade Star albums. Can't wait to talk about it more up next with our guest.
I'm happy to introduce you to my guest, Shakira Dancy. Shakira is a first-year grad student pursuing her master's degree in strategic communications. Shakira, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing great today. Now, how do you know the album? I know the album from listening to it growing up as a young girl. My mom usually played 90s music around the house while we were cleaning and things like that. So some of the songs just kind of stuck to me. And, you know, you go back to your phone and you're like, oh, I'm going to download the whole album because it was so good. And then, yeah, I've just been listening to it since then. What song specifically did you listen to? The songs specifically that, like, resonated with me were... X Factor, Doo-Wop, also known as That Thing. And then Nothing Even Matters with D'Angelo, because I really like D'Angelo. Everything is everything. And then finally, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. I really like the song Can't Take My Eyes Off of You because she basically like reworked that song into her own because I think mm-hmm. it was Frank Sinatra. It's definitely an oldie. Yeah, yeah. It's, an, it's originally an oldie song. Mm-hmm. But I really like how she like reworked it into her own. What was it about those songs that resonated with you was it about what it talked about or just the tune being catchy itself maybe nostalgic because your mom played it yeah it's honestly like a combination of all those three I really like x-factor and doo-wop mainly because of the tunes and then the melodies and the beat I don't really listen to the lyrics so much with those songs because she kind of repeats herself in doo-wop and then in the other three songs I really like the lyrics I really like the lyrics to nothing even matters I like interpret it as a kind of uplifting song. Like not nothing even matters, but there's certain things that really matter and there's certain things that you could kind of just brush off. And then everything is everything. It's this holistic point of view about the world and about society. So that's why I really like the lyrics to that song. And then Can't Take My Eyes Off of You is just like a lovey-dovey song that I really like. Mm-hmm. It gets me my feelings a little bit. It's so cute. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's beautiful. No, I, I think I agree with the can't take my eyes off you. It definitely gives you like a little feeling of like, yeah. getting. Like, yeah, oh, okay. kind of got to run it back a few times mm-hmm. to really feel it. You're like, mm, let me go and send this to somebody. <laughs> now, let's talk about how the content was viewed on release. What do you think made it monumental? Like, it feels like almost every other album is about love and like heartbreak, but why her? Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of the way that Lauren Hill sets up her lyrics and everything with the beats. And also, she was in the Fugees band, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of fans from the Fugees kind of kept on track of what she was doing with her stuff, like going solo. Mm-hmm. And I know the Fugees, they talked a lot about discrimination, the misdoings of the government to people of color. So she was kind of already in that realm. Mm-hmm. So once people saw what she was doing solo-wise, it gave them a different perspective on how she sees everything. The Fugees is like, okay, this is how we look at everything as a band. But then when she went solo, or this solo album, was her take on it as Lauren Hill. So I guess people were like really appreciative of that because she kind of did go out on a limb. It takes a lot to do a solo album coming from a band. Yeah. The fact that she was already coming up as being part of the the Fugees itself mm-hmm. and then suddenly hear that like she's breaking off and doing her own thing. Some people would be like, oh, well, I'm not going to listen to it because she's not in that band. Mm-hmm. I can see how it's definitely risky for an artist to do that. 
and she just like hit the nail when she did it so people were like wow yeah she's an artist especially since she wasn't supported in it at all while making it when i was reading more about it on rolling stone they were saying how people were saying don't make a solo album that's as different as she was making it because she had her own team she was adding like a lot of reggae styles to it that when she was showing her label some of her samples of it first they were like what is this coffee table music Mm. they were not supporting her at all so the fact that she did her thing anyways and with her own team which you know there's some pros and cons to that because that's what ended up with the whole credibility Mm -hmm. um fiasco but i just think it's interesting that she did that and she was super particular about it she didn't have to give anything up And I think because it was so authentic and so different from what was happening, which Mm -hmm. was a lot more hardcore with hip-hop in the 90s, because the 90s was just rougher music, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And she was doing something a lot more heartfelt, a lot more soft. And that was just different at the time. If the album was released, if The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill was released now in 2022, how do you think people would receive it? I think it would do fairly well. Um, speaking as in like if it was never released in the past, like if it was released now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would do fairly well. Um, today's society, though, I don't think it would do as well as it did in the past, like in 1998, just because what people are attracted to and the sound that they like is just different. Even when it comes to R&B songs like SZA or Summer Walker or her, they just have this different sound than The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. I definitely feel like it would do great in the generation of our parents, like their generation and up. But being that millennials and Gen Z are kind of the majority right now, I think it would do like okay. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I think people would just see it as, which is like the trend right now, as some retro old school album, but it's like not anything new. Yeah. But it's also interesting to think of it that way because supposedly a lot of the artists today, even like Drake and people who have sampled Lauren's stuff, Mm. they were inspired by her album. So it's weird to think about if she wasn't here, maybe music would be super different and maybe it would be something different Mm -hmm. just because she's the origin of some people's music career. Yeah, but I do think it still wouldn't do as well as it did back then, just because it's not anything different lyric-wise. Right, right. The thing she addresses, whether it's about not just heartbreak, but, like, self-realization and the whole, like, self-care movement and stuff right now, like... Right. The thing she talked about back yeah. then was more prominent and important, but if she were to say, like, now during today, it wouldn't be as out the box. Yeah, I agree, because... I think that's really what makes something stand out nowadays. And if you're just like everyone else, I mean, it's good, but, you know, does it hit different? (laughs) Right. I agree. I agree. So how would the content be perceived in the future? I feel like pretty much the same way, if not maybe even less because so many people have sampled it and it's kind of like oh we've heard that we've heard that before so if somebody were to sample in the future they'd be like oh that's nice but we've heard that before so it's repetitive i definitely feel like people would still be appreciative of the work though 
Yeah. That wouldn't go anywhere. But speaking like future wise, the generation that came up listening to Lauren Hill is going to be old. Yeah. So sadly, it's sad to say, I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like her music may not be as prominent. Like people won't be listening to it as often because our generation definitely listens to it, right? But yeah. that's not our main thing. You know? Definitely not. It's not. Right? Like, yeah. I don't even think it's on the radio. Yeah. I don't think no. so either. Maybe doo-wop, but yeah. that's it. And maybe the one with D'Angelo. Maybe. I'm not sure if like I've really heard it mainstream wise that much Mm -hmm. i think every album slowly starts to die after a certain amount of time but the only thing that will make her still relevant even like 40 years from now is the way that people sample her music because maybe if they do it in some different unique way in a song they could bring that back for example on social media like tiktok Mm -hmm. old songs come back all the time they're replayed for a certain amount of time. People might revive her music at some point, but I think that'll be way later down the line. 40 years from now is still not enough time for it to be revived, revived. Right. Because, yeah, I still think of my aunts when I think of listening to her full album as a pastime. So Yeah. For example, imagine if our parents were sitting here doing a podcast in 1998 talking about, I don't know, was it like the OGs or something? Like somebody yeah. before them. Mm-hmm. The way we're talking about Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. Like the OJs have pretty much died down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of see the same thing happening for Lauren Hill. It's kind of going to like fizzle out. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if someone even older than that, like let's say the Beatles, the Beatles aren't relevant today at all, like on the radio, but I feel like people still see them as classics. Mm hmm. I feel like she could be a classic yes. in that sense. We don't listen to her, but we don't touch it. We still have respect for it. Yes, like, I agree. It's like one of those albums that she'll have as a record and put on your record player. Mm-hmm. And if your kids touch it, you'd be like, don't touch that. It's yeah, a classic. Exactly. <laughs> so I think that's one thing that she like made for herself. She's made this respect for her. And then also her influence is what's going to last longer than maybe the music itself, which is mm-hmm. weird to think about because isn't the music what made her an influence mm-hmm. but in the end it's more about the connection to her so yes, and what she's saying up next is our q a My name is Matthew Macbeth. My name is Jack Holloway. My name is Alondra. When I complete my degree, I want to focus on digital content creation. I want to get a job in film production. I want to do podcasting, music production, and design work. My name is Matthew Macbeth. My name is Jack Holloway. My name is Alondra, and, and I, I am, am ComArtSci. Start your journey at comartsci.msu.edu. Thank you.
right, it's Q&A time. Shakira, if you could ask the artist anything, what would it be? Why'd you go ghost? <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. The question I would ask her is, I know she has a bunch of music that she's recorded, but she just hasn't released it. Yeah, in so the I'm vault. Like, will you ever release music that you have in the vault? Hmm. And if you won't, why? <laughs> Those are good questions. Okay. If I were to ask her a question, I think I want to know, like, why did she call it the miseducation of Lauren Hill? I can see how maybe, like, she's referring to being taught the wrong thing her whole life up until now. Like, this is her, like, discovering the truth. Mm-hmm. But who taught her that? I mean, I guess society. I guess I could figure it out for my own, but I still want to know what her take is on the name because I feel like no one has ever really made a successful album talking about education mm-hmm. <laughs> even the word education in it yeah agreed because no one would guess that that's about love or heartbreak or anything important in that sense mm-hmm. miseducation could mean what they don't want you to learn or kind of how they don't want you to be mm. educated so I guess miseducation is like her educating you in a way that's not accepted by society. Hmm. She's basically telling you what no one else knows. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I like the interpretation. What artist would notice her and give her album a shout out? Are we speaking in terms of Artists today, like around our age, like Summer Walker and... Yeah, let me rephrase that. What artist today, if her album released today, what artist, popular artist, yeah, whether Drake's is a, um, even, I was going to say even Alicia Keys, who would give her a shout out? Her, the artist, would definitely give her a shout out. Ari Lennox, and then Givian or Giveon, not sure how you guys pronounce his name, Giveon, and, hmm, who else? Smino. Of course. Those four artists would. Nice, nice. I'm thinking about specifically some artists that talk about more, and I'm going to say, like, quote-unquote, like, woke content. I think it's interesting um, knowing that artists that don't talk about that kind of content, like, Drake and Cardi B, they've already sampled her songs, right? but she's still an influence to them. I guess it doesn't just have to be woke artists. Oh, even though it's not like the weekend style, I still think he would appreciate her lyricism. Yeah, I think Toby and Wigwe would also give her a shout out. He He's an artist who has like this band and he kind of talks about the same things she does, but he kind of shows it in a different light with different um, beats behind it, and it's uh, really uplifting. But yeah, Toby and Wigwe, I would also add to the list. Nice. So after the album success, she did not release an official follow-up, except for an MTV Unplugged album in 2002, and like spot appearances later on. There was a whole lawsuit or court thing that was going on with credibility, so that kind of made her want to be out of the spotlight. Like, this was supposedly one of the best albums that, like, ever came out at the time, and she disappeared. Mm-hmm. So so what do you think about it receiving this much attention and then not? 
this album itself was so successful to where it could really keep her afloat for several years. You know, if she were to dis the fact that she did disappear. You know, I feel like she definitely had her reasons for going off the grid. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the fact that the album was so successful, it wasn't really that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. I'm sure fans during the time were like, where is she at? What happened? And they were probably discouraged because they feel like the artist kind of owes them something. Yeah. Way, you know? As a fan, it's disappointing. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure she like lost a lot of fans, but I'm pretty sure others kind of were just like, she's kind of like an enigma now because she just disappeared, but dropped this like bomb. And it's like, yeah, I think as a fan, you want so much from that artist. But as a human or as an artist, I don't really blame her considering like what stars are put through. Mm-hmm. And not everyone wants that. And that's okay. Like you should be able to, in my opinion, be able to make good music and not have to go through the whole stardom process if that's not your thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this reminds me of something that I read on Ch- Chade. And Chade is actually like a band. A lot of people think it's just, her name is Sade, but her band's name is Sade. Mm. And she said that she doesn't like to drop every year or every two years. She right. likes to drop music when she wants to mm-hmm. because it's an art. It's not something that just pays the bills. Yeah, it's she not a machine. It in a creative way. So going back to Lauren Hill, I feel like her just dropping this album and then disappearing, it's, it's okay. Like, do as you please. It's your work. This is her craft at the end of the day. It's her art. But I hope she does give us something. I don't know. <laughs> Eventually in know. the future. Pull a little Rihanna. I don't know. <laughs> right. Okay, so let's decide. Does the content hold up today? I don't think it does. Just to put it briefly, we've evolved a lot from her album. And I feel like it just does not hold up as much as it did. 1998 to like 2005, 2008. Yeah, I agree in the sense that it might not hold up today in terms of being trendy and catchy and what's hip. And I think that's unfortunate, but I think that's the reality. So although she might not hold up in society, in my mind, she's timeless. Thank you so much for being here, Shakira. It was good to have you on the classic hold up. Of course, it was my pleasure. I enjoyed every second. This was nice to kind of dive deep into this album. I haven't listened to it in a long time. I'm probably gonna listen to a few songs later today. But yes, <laughs> it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Special thanks to Shakira Dancy and the Comart Sci team. Thanks for listening. Find The Classic Holdup on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us at Audio Video Land for updates, teasers, and behind-the-scenes content of all Audio Video Land productions. The Classic Holdup is an Audio Video Land production by digital storytelling students of Michigan State University in collaboration with Impact 89FM.